Happy Easter, everybody. Come on, come on. How many excited about Easter? Let me just hear you. I love, love, love Easter. I know there's kind of a bias towards Christmas, and I love Christmas too, but I love Easter. Who doesn't love getting new clothes and wearing them to church, right? And by the way, you know it's Easter at LifeGate whenever the pastor is wearing a tie. I'm just saying... Easter, weddings, and funerals, that's the only time these things get broken out. And I love Easter. I love everything about Easter. I love Easter egg hunts. I love little kids. I love eating chocolate bunnies. Who doesn't like that, right, man? I love the Easter bunny. I love all of that stuff. And yet, we know that that's not really what Easter is all about, right? Are you with me? We know that Easter is not about Easter bunnies. It's not about, it's not about egg hunts. It's not even about having four worship services on a weekend. It is about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Savior of the world, came to this earth, lived a sinless life, laid down his life for us, went in the tomb, but three days later, he rose from the grave and he is risen today. Come on. The greatest day. In all of history, in fact, all of history was divided into two parts, B.C. and A.D., all because of what we celebrate on this historic day today. And I think that's something worth getting excited about. So somebody get excited today. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And here's what we're doing. We're starting this brand new series today called Knock Knock. So everybody say, Knock Knock. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, Knock Knock. Look at your other neighbor, your second choice, and tell them, Knock Knock. And here's what we're doing. We're starting this new series, and we need your help. In order to do this series right, we're going to have to have you help us. So here's what we want you to do. We want you to go on social media, go on to the LifeGate Facebook page, and go in there and check in at LifeGate, and then use the hashtag LGKnockKnock, and we want you to give us your best knock-knock jokes, okay? And here's what we will do is we will read them, and we'll go through them. We'll get our best, and every single week during this series, we will share some of your knock-knock jokes with with the rest of the congregation. Can you help me with that, right? Is it okay to just have a little fun sometimes? Is that all right? All right. In fact, today I thought we would just start out. If we're going to do a series called Knock Knock, we've got to have a few Easter Knock Knock jokes, okay? And I was feeling a little insecure about these, and I'm like, these are a little corny and a little cheesy. And, and so I asked my wife, and she was like, hey, babe, just own it. And so that's what we're going to do. We're just going to own it today. And so we're going to need your help, all right? Are you ready? You guys know how this works. You know how Knock Knock jokes work, right? You know, okay, here we go, here we go. Knock, knock. Sure would. Sure would like to tell you some of my Easter knock, knock jokes. I told you they're corny. They're corny. They get worse. All right. Knock, knock. Somebody. Somebody is eating all my Easter candy. Right. All right. Let's do it again. Knock, knock. Jimmy. Jimmy, some of your Easter candy. Knock, knock. Dewey. Uh, that wasn't very good. Let's try this again. Knock, knock. Dewey. Do we really have to listen to more of these corny Easter knock, knock jokes? Knock, knock. One. Just one more cheesy Easter knock, knock joke. And the last one, knock, knock. Harvey. Harvey, good Easter, everyone. Now, there you go. You have now officially heard it all, right? 
the corniest, cheesiest introduction to an Easter message ever. And yet, there really is kind of a point to it. Because the truth of the matter is, is that doors really are life-changing. Like, there are times in life when we knock on doors or when we walk through doors that can actually be incredibly life-changing. Some of you may have walked through some doors of opportunity. Some of you even now may be knocking on some doors of opportunity that could change your life forever. I was thinking about this as I was preparing this series and I was thinking about some of the doors that I have walked through that have really been life-changing. I mean, I thought about on my wedding night after we said I do and then we get to the hotel and I carry my wife across the threshold of the door and in my mind I'm thinking I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. Come on, some of y'all don't act like you're too holy for that because you know, right, right, right. And in all seriousness, as I'm walking across the threshold of that door and I'm carrying, I'm thinking, my life is never going to be the same from this day forward. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I remember, you know, what it was like to bring my kids home from the hospital. A couple of them was a long time ago because I have a 13-year-old and 11-year-old, and now I have a three-month-old, right? Big surprise there. And, and I, but I remember what that was like as, as even just a couple of months ago, I'm carrying him across the threshold into the door of the house, and I'm going, going, man, my life is never going to be the same because of what I'm doing, because of this door that I'm walking through right now. I remember when we first moved uh, here to Burleson to plant this church, and I remember pulling up the U-Haul to the house and opening the door as we walked in the first time going, man, from this moment on, things are going to be different. Those doors that we walk through that are incredibly life-changing, and that's what we're going to be talking about in this series. That's what we're going to be talking about actually this more this morning the most in, the most important and life-changing door that you could ever walk through and we find it in this passage of scripture in the book of John chapter 10 in fact if you have your bibles or if you have your lifegate app you can open it up and follow along or in your notes here this morning and i want you to read it uh, aloud with me today in John chapter 10 and verse 7 it says so Jesus said again i tell you the truth i am everybody say I am. I am the door for the sheep. All the people who came before me were thieves and robbers, and the sheep did not listen to them. But I am the door, and the person who enters through me will be saved and will be able to come in and go out and find pasture. And a thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come to give life and life in all its fullness. Jesus says there is a door that is more important than any other door you will ever walk through in your life. Through this door, all those who enter through this door will be forever changed. And here's the deal, Jesus says, I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Through me is salvation. That's what I want to talk about for a minute today. If you have your notes, you might want to just write down. We're just going to just see a couple of things today about this door. The first one is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Jesus is the only door. So everybody say, only door. 
Now, the truth is today is, you know, you could go around and you could ask people, how do you get to heaven? And the answer to that question would depend on who you ask, right? I mean, you could go along the street and you could ask someone, you could ask 10 different people and probably get 10 different different answers because it just depends on who you ask. You could ask the Pope and the Pope would probably tell you one thing. You could ask the Dalai Lama and you would definitely hear something different from the Dalai Lama. You could ask Kanye, he would definitely tell you something different, right? I mean, you could ask Billy Graham or just anybody on the street. And the fact is that there are lots of different opinions about how to get to God and how to get to heaven. And there are as many religions as there are opinions. I mean, you just look around in the world and you see that there's Buddha and there's Muhammad and there's Hindu. And then there's some people that just say, hey, just be a good person and do some good deeds. And if you live a good life, then when you die, you'll go to heaven. Other people even say, well, all the beliefs are basically the same. Like all the doors lead to the same place. And as long as you're sincere in your beliefs, then, you know, then you'll get to heaven. It'll be okay. In fact, I heard one guy said it, said it like this, said it's like a, it's like a big wheel and God is the center hub of the wheel. And there are all these spokes and they all lead to God. And you can just follow Buddha or Muhammad or Hindu or, or be a good person or whatever. And all of those lead to the same place. And this kind of the world that we live in, the way that people tend to think in this world today, but that's not what Jesus said. In fact, I know it's not really popular or politically correct. In fact, when Jesus said it back then, it wasn't very popular or politically correct either. But but look what Jesus says. Jesus says, I'm the only door. I'm not one of the hubs. I'm not, or one of the spokes to the hub. I'm not one of, of the different ways to Jesus, to the, to God. I am the only way. In fact, he says in verse number seven, he says, I tell you the what? The, the truth. Some of you can't handle the truth, right? And here's the deal is that Jesus says, I'll be the one who will really tell you the truth. And the truth is this, I am. And then there's this little three letter word there that really changes everything. It's really what's different about Jesus than about all of the other religions of the world, all wrapped up in this little three letter word there that is so important. He says, I am what I am, the door. I'm not one of the doors. I'm not one of the ways I am the way. There is only one way to heaven, and that is through me. Now, I know some of you say, well, that, you know, pastor, you're kind of a little, isn't that a little old school? Like, don't you need to get up with the times? And isn't that a little closed-minded type of thinking? And that's not very politically correct. And that's not what a lot of people believe these days in the world that we live in. And here's the deal. In fact, if you're taking notes, you might want to, you might want to write this down today. The, tr- the truth is, is that just because something is unpopular doesn't mean it's untrue. And the fact is, there are a lot of different religions in the world, and, you know, all of those religions, most of them have some good teachings and teach some truths, but there is only one religion that is the truth, and that is one way to heaven through Jesus Christ. He is the door, and he is the only door. In fact, the scripture says it like this in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, salvation is found in what? In No one else. There is what? No other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Jesus is the door and he is the only door. Now some of you may be saying, well that seems a little exclusive and what if I can't get in? I mean, does that exclude me and here's the good news is that Jesus is the only door but point number two write this down is that Jesus is the 
open door. See, the good news is today that, hey, yes, there is only one way to heaven, but the good news is is that door is open to every single one of us that are here this morning. In fact, I love what it says in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7. It says, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. Who's this talking about? It's talking about Jesus. These are Jesus' words. And then look what it says. It says, what he opens, talking about Jesus, what he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. And And then Jesus says, I know your deeds and I want you to see that I have placed before you a what? An open door that no one can shut. Jesus says, hey, it doesn't matter what someone else has done or what someone has done to you. It doesn't matter what you have done. There is no sin. There is no guilt. There is no shame that can keep you from being able to walk through the door that I have opened to you. What I have opened, no one else can shut. The door is open wide open for you to receive God today. See, the fact of the matter is we can't get to God on our own. There's no way. Doesn't matter how good of a person you are, you can't measure up to be good enough to reach God's righteous standard. He is perfect and he is holy and he is righteous and he is true and none of us are holy and righteous. The Bible says there's not one of us that's righteous, not even a single one that the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all, everybody say all, that all have sinned. That includes every single one of us and we fall short of the glory of God and because of our sin, the penalty and the payment of our sin is death that we could never get to God on our own. But here's the good news. We all know it in John 3, 16. If you know it, you might want to even say it with me. For God so loved the world that he what? He sent his one and only son that whoever, that's the key word. Everybody say whoever. That whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would be able to have everlasting life. Here's the good news today is that, yes, Jesus is the only door, but his door is open to whoever would believe in him. That we could not get to God on our own, but he made a way. He sent his son, Jesus, to come to be the entrance, to be the life gate, to be the door, the entryway into life, that his door is is open to whoever would believe in him. Come on. So let's talk about this for a second. Let's talk about open doors. And I want you to see a couple of things about open doors. If you're taking notes, you can go ahead and write them down. The first one is this, is that open doors provide entrance. Isn't that true? Like when a door is open, what do you do? You walk through it, right? I mean, if the door's already open, you don't have to knock on it. You don't have to, you don't have to turn the handle. You don't have to have a key. You don't have to push it open. You don't have to kick it down. If a door is open, what do you do? All you have to do is just enter in. All you have to do is just walk through. It's kind of like what one old preacher said, and I love it. He said, a door is in direct contrast to a wall. It's hard to climb a wall, but it's easy to go through a door. And anyone who wants to get to God doesn't have to climb. All he has to do is take a step. And that's good news today because some of you come in and you think, man, I don't have it all together and maybe I got to do all this stuff and I got I to gotta check off all the boxes and I got to clean my life up in order to get to God. And the good news is, is that it's not a wall. Jesus didn't say, I'm a wall. Jesus says, I'm a door and my door is open and you don't have to climb. All you got to do is take a step through to the life that I have available for you. 
In fact, this is what Jesus was saying in our passage again in verse number 9. He says, he who enters through this door will be saved and will be able to, look at those two words, so important, will be able to come in. What does that mean, to come in? What is he talking about? What are we coming into when we enter through the door? Well, we're coming into eternal life. Some of you maybe here have never made that decision and have never crossed that threshold. And by the end of this service, at the end of this message, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. And I'm going to believe that, that your life is going to be forever changed because you're going to make that decision today. But it's not just eternal life, I believe, that, that Jesus wants to give us through the door. But I believe that he also wants to give us better life. Everybody say better life. God, God wants to give you not just an eternal life. He wants to give you a better life than what you had before. In fact, this is what he says right here in verse number 10. A thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come for what? To give life and life to what? To the fullest. Life in all of its fullness. You know, the truth is that there are a lot of people who are living life that is really incredibly an empty life. We try everything to try to fill it up. We think, well, if I, you know, if I have the right relationships, that will fill the emptiness that I feel on the inside. Or maybe if I get enough money, or maybe if I drive the right kind of car, or maybe if I live in the right neighborhood, or maybe if we uh, update our house, or maybe if I wear the right clothes, or maybe if I'm successful at work, or maybe if I have good friends, or maybe it's maybe it's relationships, even sexual relationships, and sometimes it's even, hey, you know, maybe I'll try this substance and it's alcohol and the abuse and all these things that are really just an attempt to try to fill the emptiness inside of us because we walk around living this empty way of life and we try all this stuff but the more we fill ourselves up with this stuff the more we realize that that stuff doesn't really fill us up and it might feel good for a moment but when the moment is gone we're even more empty deep down inside than we were before you know i i, I want to just share this quote with you from the great theologian a guy named Jim Carrey. Anybody ever heard of Jim Carrey? <laughs> Seen some of his movies? And, and I know he's silly, but I, I want you to hear what he said in an interview one time. He said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. Here's a guy who is rich and famous. Here's a guy who has done everything that he could have ever dreamed of. Here's a guy who has it all, and yet he realizes that what he has is still not filling the emptiness and the void on the inside. And he says, I wish everybody could see it from my perspective, that money and stuff and people and pleasure and vacations and all the different things that you think that are going to fill you up in life, that you can get those things, and it's great when you get them, but there still comes a time when you feel the emptiness inside. That is not the answer but I got good news today I have the answer Jesus is the answer and through the door you can have not just eternal life you can have life to the fullest in fact this is what Peter was talking about in Peter first Peter 1 and verse number 18 I love what he says he says for we know now here's the deal is I think we all know this deep down inside don't we 
And he says, hey, this is what we already know deep down inside, that it is not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the, what? From the empty way of life that was handed down to you from your ancestors, but it is with the precious blood of Christ. Peter says, hey, this has been handed down from our ancestors generation to generation to generation. Just get more stuff and that will fill you up. But deep down inside, we know it's not with that stuff because that stuff is perishable stuff. That stuff is stuff of silver and gold and cars and money and all that stuff. It's stuff that was here today and it's gone tomorrow. And we know deep down inside that that's not what's going to redeem us from the empty way of life. It's only through the door. It's only through the precious blood of Jesus Christ that we find the fullness of life that Jesus mentioned. In fact, this is what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 8, verse number 11. I love the way it reads in the message version of the Bible. It says, it stands to reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. And when God lives and breathes in you and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. Here's what Paul says. Paul says, it's through Jesus Christ. through the door that you can have the spirit of God living inside of you and I'm telling you Jesus says I'm the door I'm the only door but I am the open door and on the other side is God the father standing there saying hello from the other side sometimes you got to throw some cheesy jokes in there right and in all seriousness though when we enter through doors, see, that's what a door does. It provides a, a entrance. But notice this number two, write this down, or letter B. Open doors don't just provide entrance, but they also provide exit. Some of you are here today, and you don't just need to enter into a new way of life. You actually need to exit out of your old way of life. Some of you come in today and you are bound by addictions and you are bound by habits and you're bound by, by cycles and patterns and, and old relationships and old hurts and old stuff that is, that is keeping you bound. And here's the good news today is that not only does God want you to be able to enter into a new life, he wants to provide a way for you to be able to exit from the old way of life. In fact, this is what he says in verse number nine. I am the door and the person who enters through me will be saved and be able to come in, but also be able to what? To go out. Some of you are here today and maybe, maybe you even got, you're just going, pastor, you don't know because I've got this addiction or I got this thing and it has a hold of me and the temptation is too great and I just can't seem to escape it. But here's the good news is that God has provided a way for you to escape. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are are tempted, he will provide what? A way out so that you can endure it. Man, some of you say, I just can't seem to escape this stuff. And here's what God says. Jesus is the door and it's open and he is your way of escape. 
He is your way out. And some of you came in today and you just came in and said, today is my last hope. If God doesn't do something in my life today, he's not going to do it. And I'm telling you that the door is wide open and all you got to do is take the first step. Jesus says, I'm the door. I'm the only door. But I am, I am an open door to you. And to really understand what Jesus was talking about in this passage, we really kind of have to put ourselves into the story and we have to understand it in the context of the culture in which the people lived that day. Because Jesus says, I'm the shepherd and all the sheep enter through me. I am the door that the sheep enter through. And when he was speaking those words, he was actually standing in the middle of of a sheep's pen. And a sheep's pen in those days might have looked a little different than what we would see now. It would have been made out of rocks. They would have taken rocks and they would have built a wall on all four sides for the sheep to keep the sheep in. And then there would be, there would be a small, narrow entrance where they could bring the sheep in and they could bring the sheep out of the, of the pen. And, and here's what's different about that day than our day. In our day, you would see a sheep's pen and there would be a gate or there would be a door to the pen. But on this sheep's pen, in those days, there was no gate and there was no door. But here's what would happen. The shepherd would lead the sheep into the pen at night and then where the narrow entrance was the shepherd would actually lay down in front of the entrance at night and he would literally become the door to keep the sheep safe to keep them from going out and being lost to keep to keep predators from coming in and 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 preying on the sheep he would literally lay his life down in the in the doorway he he became the door. And in the same way, Jesus was saying, hey guys, here in just a few days, I'm going to become the door. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay my life down upon a cross, literally becoming the doorway, the entrance, the gate, the stairway between you and God. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, and the enemy wants to destroy your life. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to lay my life down so that the enemy can't destroy you and that you can can't go and get lost so that your sins can be forgiven. I become the door and the way to the Father. And that's what he did. He went to the cross. He endured the suffering and the shame. More unbelievable than we can ever even imagine. They took his body down from the cross. They put him in the tomb. He was in that tomb for three days. But that's the message that we preach today is that he didn't stay in the tomb. But actually, on that day, another door became incredibly important. This time, it was in the form of a stone. And we know that on the third day, that the ground began to shake and the stone was rolled away. The doorway was open and Jesus came out alive forever. And because he is alive, now through him, we can enter into the kind of life that he has for us. And we can exit out of the kind of of life that the enemy has for us, and we can receive God through the doorway. That's good news. Jesus is the only door. He is the open door. That's great news. Let me tell you something. There's also some not-so-great news. And the not-so-great news is this, that although the door is open for every single one of us right now, there's no guarantee that it always will be open. In fact, we live in the days of grace 
But there will come a time when it won't be days of grace, but instead it will be days of judgment. In fact, Jesus spoke about this in Luke chapter 13 and verse number 24. Look what he says. He says, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. And once the owner of the house gets up and what? And closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading. Sir, that open the door to us. But he will answer, I don't know who you are. The sad fact and the scary, sobering fact today is this. Yes, The door is open to whoever would believe today. But the truth of the matter is there will be a day when the door will be closed. It'll be too late. In fact, Jesus spoke of it like this in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 37. He says, it will be like it was in the days of Noah. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up until the time of Noah entered the boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. And that is the way it will be when the Son of Man returns. Just imagine this. As the people were partying and making fun of Noah. Why are you building a boat? We don't need no boat. Never even seen rain. What in the world is going What are you doing? And years and years and years, Noah builds on the boat and everyone makes fun of him. But then God puts Noah and his family in the boat. God closes the door to protect his family. And suddenly the rains began to fall. The flood waters began to rise. And you can imagine those same people who made fun of Noah, those same people who partied it up and thought they had all the time in the world and nothing's ever going to happen to me. You can imagine as the floods began to come, as they're pounding on the door of the ark, let us in, let us in. Noah, we're sorry that we didn't believe you. We're sorry that we lived the way that we lived. We're sorry that we made fun of you. Please let us in. Our family, we're going to drown. And Noah couldn't let them in because God had shut the door. And here's the truth of the matter. And I know it's It's not really popular, and I know it's not really like a really encouraging Easter message at this point. But let me just tell you that if you you, uh, don't listen to the voice of God, there will come a day when the door will be closed for you, and you will be like the people in Noah's day, that you'll be thinking, man, I know I heard it. I was there on that Sunday when that pastor told those corny Easter jokes, but I also know that God was doing something in my heart, and he was drawing me to himself, and I ignored it, and I thought, well, I got more time, and nothing's going to happen happen to me and I can do it next week or next year or later on and and I put it off and then the door closed and it was too late and as your pastor and as one who just loves you this is my plea today don't wait don't put it off. God brought you here today for a purpose. You may think, I'm just here because it's Easter. I'm here for the Easter egg hunt. I'm here because someone invited me. But let me just tell you something. That's not the only reason you're here. You're here because God brought you here today. He loves you so much. He wants to open the door wide open for you. You know, I think about those sheep. In order for one of those sheep to be able to exit the pen at night, they would have had to literally step over the shepherd who laid himself down. And here's the deal. Today, in order to to leave this place today without knowing God, you're going to have to literally step over the work that Jesus did on the cross. You're going to have to literally intentionally ignore the calling of God today. Don't do it. Listen to his voice. He loves you. 
He has a purpose for you, and he is drawing you to himself today. And today is the moment. Today is the time. In fact, I want to close with this last passage of Scripture. I I love it. In Romans chapter 5, in verse 1, in the message, it says, By entering through faith into what God has always wanted us to do, we have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. But we throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. Let me just tell you something today. If you would just open the door of your heart to God, you will find out that God has already opened his door to you. And all you have to do is take a step. It's not a wall that you have to climb. It's not I got to do all this stuff and check all these boxes and get my life all together. And then I'll go get it together and then come back to God. No, no, no. You come just right now, just as you are, because he is there. And you don't have to climb the wall. You just got to take a step.